wicket. She lays it off. Teresa Polias. It's an absolute peach. Yes, driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. We've had a guest-focused show so far. We haven't really had the chance just yet to sink our teeth into these two semi-final games and uh, work out just where they were won and lost and uh, how our predictions either came off or failed from last Josh, week. Stop talking about yourself like that, man. Relax, okay? <laughs> I know what you're trying to do. It's enough. Let it go, yeah? Let it go. All right. Sydney FC for Melbourne City 2. City were uh, sitting pretty after 58 minutes with two Hannah Wilkinson goals, but substitute super sub, uh, some made up her, Courtney Vine, completely changing the game after she came on scoring. Uh, Maria Cote Rojas scoring the uh, equaliser in the 91st minute after a red card to TJ Vlanich in the 88th. And uh, then Sydney FC did the business in extra time. Two goals to put them up 4-2 before Melissa Barbieri's Rather inconsequential red card in the 115th minute that only has the effect of ruling her out for Sunday's Melbourne derby. Where did it all go wrong, Pakur? Where did it all go wrong? I believe it all went wrong, I think, at the 70th minute when uh, Stoddy went off. Mm. I think it slowly... I think that when the... A lot of people are talking a lot about Courtney Vine's you know, input in that game and she was tr- truly uh, in, you know, great in that game, but... I think only when Rojas came on was Sydney really at their best. Mm. And that was after Stoddy had gone off and Torpy had gone off. And it was kind of Mackenzie uh, Hawksby just had the ability just to run that midfield and just play all those passes she's done throughout the season and allowed the the attacking, you know, attacking players of Sydney just to go to work. And, you know, those two goals were just, it was a matter of time. Once Stoddy went off, I think that midfield, it was really tough for them. Why do you think she came off? Is it just because she's on a minutes restriction this season? Could she not play out the 90? Well, she didn't play the week before, so I don't mm. think it could have. I don't really think, no, I understand how it would have been a minutes restriction. I mean, obviously she's coming yeah, back from very serious no, condition. Exactly, but my the thing is, they, if they win, they have a week off. So it's it doesn't really, I don't really get it. I think the Rado, I'm not, I'm don't know what's in, what was in going through his mind, but it seems as if he thought 2-0, my, my side's been really good defensively all year. I have faith in them to plug in these players and that we can hold out. But I think that the 10 minutes between 70 and 80, and mm. I, I think if Stoddy had come off of the 80th minute, I think City comfortably can hold that game out. Uh, but with, with, you know, 20 minutes left of just pressing, pressing, pressing and, not really having a lot of depth on their bench. I think it was quite tough for City in the end. I was struck not only by the loss of control after Stott departed, but also by City's very strict adherence to zonal marking, which, if done properly, can be an almost impenetrable defence where the opposition can't find any spaces to exploit and can't drag you out of position. But when you've got players ball-watching and being statues, such as on the Vine goal, which got Sydney back into the match, when you've got Vlanich not, presumably not yeah. letting her, her teammates know that Vine was sneaking up on the blind side, Winona Heatley not even close to checking uh, and scanning over her shoulder for a, a player making a run. Yes, it was an intelligent run by Courtney Vine, 
But you could tell from Winnie Heatley's reaction that she had no idea oh that Vine was there. She didn't even really contest the ball. She's taller than Courtney Vine. She could have won that header if she'd known that Vine was appearing the on the issue. blind side. I think this is the issue we've seen in football for a long time about zonal marking. It's that everybody mm. because 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 people want to stay and be so you know religious with zonal marking zonally. It really, sometimes people your natural football instinct when it should kick in. You don't allow it to – you don't trust it and you just say, oh, no, this is what the coach has said. But if you just go back to your basics, TJ probably turns around, sees Vine and goes, you know what, I don't have any other players coming in from that side so I can probably give up marking zone and probably follow uh, Vine in or at least let Heatley know to maybe move back and, you know, put a body Mm. on Vine. But I think that some – this is the issue that you have with zone. And I, as a fan of – Many football clubs who like to use that kind of marking system. I've cried multiple times losing on last-minute corners because I think the person with the run-up always has the better opportunity to score. Yes, I would agree with that to a certain extent. I think City have proven the effectiveness of that defensive system yeah. over the last few years um, in the aggregate, but in sometimes in moments you just wish the players were taking a little bit more personal responsibility. Because I think there is habit, especially late in games, especially with teams who are, I guess, getting complacent, that they put more faith in the system than their individual responsibilities, their individual marking responsibilities. So there's a lot of looking around at who's to blame um, and saying, was that your player? That was my player, you know. And and I think that that lends itself to more, I guess – uh, moments like this that where you've got one intelligent player making a, a quick dash dart into the box. But really, Courtney Vine should never be winning that header in the six-yard no, box. No, she shouldn't. You know, she shouldn't be allowed the freedom that to, to walk, to, you know, to come in like that. And, and that also happened in the other game where Molina Rez scored her, mm. that goal. She basically just walked in and nobody from Adelaide really followed her in and she just kind of placed it away. It was quite... I mean, it was. She made it look easy she to finish, it look which easy. it wasn't. It wasn't easy, but I think it can be it could have been made even harder by you know a player seeing her a lot earlier. You mentioned, I think it was on the Sarah Hunter goal in extra time. The way Mackenzie Hawksby brought that ball down in the box for yeah. her teammate was, you know, a very very nice first touch. Were you impressed with her performance in this game? Because you you picked her out as crucial. I think Mackenzie Hawksby's had an incredible season. She probably is top three for me in terms of players of the season. I think the first half, Stoddy essentially marked her out of the game and Hawksby couldn't really influence mm. the game in any way. And in the second half when Vine came on, she started to you know maybe get into a little bit, but then once Stoddy was out, she, Hawksby ran that midfield and was really you know a great outlet pass. Like was Not an outlet pass, but was really facilitating well for Rojas and Vine and even Princess Amini, who didn't really do anything that mm. entire game. She at least gave them some level of an option. And I think Hawksby, this game really showed me that Hawksby is the engine of Sydney. And without Hawksby, Sydney really struggled. We, even with all those attacking threats, even with a solid defence and a really good keeper in Jada Wyman, without Hawksby, I don't think Sydney are mm. capable of doing, you know, what they want to be able to do in a game. She, she is a true box-to-box yes. player, isn't she? And there's not that and she many she like her in the league. She controls all the corners as well. She, she, she's in every aspect of their play. Mackenzie Hawksby has her hands there and just is controlling it, things, everything. So 
without her, they really lose not just a player who can, you know, do a pass here and there and he's got great tenacity. Maybe that's uh, the player for victory to target this weekend. Maybe someone like Tiffany Artis to... Victory? Yeah, the player for victory to target. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I, should, uh, I don't know if I said that properly. Yeah, that's no, okay. I, um, I go even. <laughs> but even having said that, good assist on the goal to bring the ball down, but you've got a player like Molina Reyes who can just finish the same chance with one touch. So oh, yeah. who would you rather have, you know? <laughs> Molina, it's, it's, seeing Molina Reyes play this weekend and, you know, and seeing her, you know, just capitalise on her moment uh, was quite... It was quite upsetting to be like we missed out on this all mm. season, and that's upsetting for her, especially that she couldn't, you know, be on the park as much as she wanted to be. Because I think there are many games that Victory had this year that had Molina Rez been there, she probably could have done some more for them, and they probably wouldn't have lost, even though they've they made the finals and they've had a decent season relative to all the issues they've had. I think yeah, they still would have loved to have Molina Rez playing. So, talking about the Victory Adelaide game now. Uh, I looked at that lineup for kickoff and I thought playing Eliadis ahead of Alana Murphy in midfield was a mistake. But I think Jeff Hopkins probably proved me wrong with the, with the final score. Like James Bond, he knows all and he knows everything and he can really do everything. But um, (laughs) no, I thought the same thing. I was, I was, I understand why Alana Murphy didn't play. She's what sixteen. She's mm. she's quite young, and it's a really big game. But I think this season, when she's had her opportunity, she's really taken. And I thought without Kyra Cooney Cross, they were going to need somebody a little bit more attacking. And I thought maybe with Alana Murphy, they they could really, you know, they could substitute some, you know, some of that. And does Elia just give them more balance though? She gives, does. She's the opportunity to move what, further forward. I think that's what they needed in this game was just some balance, some composure, and. When Adelaide weren't showing, you know, that they were up for the fight at times, it, you know, it was just good to have Eliadis there that she could just play a little bit deeper and maybe, you know, have other players go up a little bit higher as well. Does this game ruin Adrian Stenter's case for Coach of the Year? Well, I never had him as Coach of the Year. I think he's had a tremendous... I, but as a contender, yeah, he's I, sort of out of the conversation now. I think a little bit because, I mean, you, being you were speaking about it um, before we came on and I was saying that I was... If I was Adrian Stenner at halftime, I would have gone, guys, Fiona, Chelsea, just go down this right-hand side where um, – left-hand side, sorry. Left-hand side that Courtney Nevin is on and just Mm. – Adelaide's right, victory's left. Yeah, yeah. And just go at it. Just go at it constantly because she's on a yellow card. She probably hasn't been their best defender all year. Mm. I think you can create opportunities for that. And they they really didn't, you know, utilise that that skill because they have pace. And they've shown they can beat victory, so why not do it? They kind of just did this, you know, playing in front, just passing here and there, and really just very slow and a little bit too methodical. Sometimes you just need to play off, off instinct and just, you know. I think you've got to give Polly Doran credit. Yeah, I mean, exactly. not only did she put a cross in for one of the goals for victory, uh, Fiona Wirtz, the most prolific striker in the league, barely got a sniff. Exactly, and that's why that's why I've got a question why not – change that up and have a more rotating front three don't why does it have to you know everybody stay on one side I, I think that Doran has been the best the better of the def, like the the fullback so why just, you know, just I mean that that's I guess where the reputation of players maybe doesn't reflect the performances no. because you've got Courtney Evan getting called up to the Matildas camp but I think we're both in in the same have the same opinion that that, that Doran has been the better fullback yeah. so um, perhaps a closer attention on Victory's games might have pinpointed you know that potential weakness. But I will say I haven't done my coaching badges so there's still probably yeah. things that I don't 
No, and I, it's, it's, we can say a lot from you. I know, mean, that's the usual yeah. way that Adelaide set up with Dilber on the yeah, right, exactly. where it's on the left, and that does give them width, uh, yeah. and it has it has helped. And it's, them a, this it's an interesting. It would be quite a game to you know change your you know your go to inside yeah, out wingers. That is true, but it would be a big big switch up. But but I think sometimes you need to be you know desperation really matters when you're two one down. But we did see an, we did see an mm. amazing goal from from Adelaide, and it was quite. I've seen that a few times, and I've really enjoyed mm. that goal. Yeah, it was it was a very nice goal from Sasaki, yeah. uh, but did Stander wait too long to put Stanbury on? Because we've seen her come on in games I, and provide that, I guess that hustle and bustle in midfield that maybe Adelaide were lacking on the weekend. I felt they were a little pedestrian; they weren't taking the game by the scruff as they have this season. Potentially, but I also think that when even when all he did bring it on his, the subs, mm. they didn't really provide anything, and nothing True. really changed for them. So, what's to say that you know she come on earlier? She could have done something. I, I I just think that the collective Adelaide were so they just seemed like a really drained team that they've really made this significant achievement and they just couldn't take themselves to that next level. And I think that's something that Jeff Hopkins has for as a as a coach who's take who's been there and done that. He knows how to prepare his team. And for Adrian Stenter, he's hasn't done that before, so maybe he didn't know exactly mm. what he really needed to do to get them to that next level. I also think they're lacking a bit of depth, Adelaide. Yeah. For next season, that's something they can improve on. Obviously, making the finals is a big tick for them, and they need to build on this. Uh, where if they can keep that squad together, you know, of course, there'll be interest in the likes of, of Chelsea Dorber and Dylan Holmes, you would imagine, and, and Wurtz will probably get some offers as well as a Visa player. Yeah. But if they can keep that squad together and add a bit of bench depth, the victory obviously have, uh, that's a dangerous sign. So um, Positives. Yeah. For the two teams that won this weekend, one thing they really they both have is squad depth. Mm. For Adelaide and Melbourne City, Melbourne City didn't really have anything on their bench they could go to once Stott was off. And Adelaide, they're a pretty thin team and their starting 11's really good. And, you know, sometimes their bench brings them stuff, but it's probably not what Victory and Sydney can go to that they have players who just can come I'm, I'm a little disappointed that we haven't, uh, seen much out of Shay Evans this season, just given the positive story that she is coming through the, yeah. the JMF program and everything. I just I've been a little disappointed by her output, and you know, they they need an extra attacking option that they yeah. don't she have on the pine at the moment. Particularly great when she came on, um, yeah. it was a little bit disappointing. Underwhelming, yeah, it was a very underwhelming. Uh, I think it maybe might also be a little bit difficult with the way in which Adelaide have played this season, and they've had a really mm. They've stuck with the side. Adrian Sanchez stuck with the side that you know the players that he really trusts, and he clearly doesn't trust her as much as you know. She, maybe because her performances haven't been the greatest, so he can't really trust her, and he's just stuck with the people that have really provided for him at every at when he really needed it. Uh, I'm going to end this program with a, a bit of a long run up from yours, truly. Yeah, and it's directed towards Victory Social Media, mm, who posted a. Oh, Admittedly, extremely slick video package of the squad's preparations for tonight's game against Vissel Kobe uh, and posted it with the caption, All Eyes on Tuesday. The problem being that they posted it on a Sunday morning. Yep. When their Sometimes women's side. Sometimes stuff isn't really a great idea, is it, Josh? No. Uh, when their women's side was about to play against Adelaide in their biggest match of the season to date. So I, I think a whole of club. Social media policy may be needed at Melbourne Victory. Maybe there's not enough communication between the branches there. And I, I would like to see Victory do a better job of promoting their women's team because they do I, have a good I'd side. Be honest, I'd like to see a lot of clubs because there mm. are certain clubs that I've, when we've seen their games and 
we haven't got I've seen the advertisements only for the men's while I've been watching the women's play and I've just been questioning mm. how I can be sitting at a women's game but not be promoting the women's team and you know all the things that all the great things that come with it I think there needs to be a lot better in terms of trying to actually engage fans and not doing it as a just as oh we probably should do that but as an actual like want and desire to make you know those things better because if they are better you get more rise like I feel like these clubs don't realize that these fans who support your your women's teams they are also fans of your club and they will show up to these other games as well so mm. why not you know try and actually get people engaged and access all different types of fan bases yeah and also, you know, I think there's a, a benefit in and of itself, um, you know, to have fans of just exclusively the, yeah. the Women's League. I mean, we've got Women's World Cup next year. It's going to be huge. I would like to see clubs not treat it as a box-ticking exercise, Absolutely. I guess. And that, that, that would be my, own, my only thought going, well, into, going into Sunday. Let's not finish a sour note. We've got to wear excited. Are you going to the game? Because I'm going to the game on the week, on I, Sunday. I think I will be. Fantastic. I mean, I, I have to make time for this one. Absolutely. Because... I'm very excited for Sunday, Melbourne Derby, is it is it Channel 10's game or is it it's on ten bold? bold. Ten bold? Okay. It's going to be on free to wear, so and it'll be also it's the four be on PM Paramount. So just just go on ten bold. Don't worry about Paramount. Or just come to the game if you're in exactly. Melbourne. Exactly, it's, it's actually going to be a fantastic game. You know, it's going to be the last game in Melbourne for a long time in the dub. Yeah. We know it's, it's it's a torturously long a long, long off season. We don't even know when next season is starting, and I'm not sure if the players even do, which is another another topic for another day. But uh, it's it might be your last opportunity to see these teams yeah, in person. Come down, see everything. You know, get some. What do people eat at football games? I, don't I think really Amy know. Park, the the chicken and chips is pretty popular. Yeah, pretty popular. Popcorn. I don't know if popcorn works. I don't. I don't, I don't really eat popcorn. So <laughs> You're too, too nervous to eat on these I match know, days. I know. I'm, just, I'm a worse. <laughs> I'm a nervous wreck. I, I won't be tweeting dare, early. This dare time. I ask you for a prediction? Uh, no, because I feel like I'm a bad luck charm at this point. So. <laughs> I might tweet some things, but I won't be tweeting too early. So you're I tweet refusing. Just on time. You're refusing to tip. I'm refusing to tweet out into the universe because I think if I put it out into the universe, I think I've got a... Well, you don't, I'll, need, to, I'll, you don't I'll, need to tweet it. You can just say it no, on no, this No, no, I show. think if I put it out on the, into the universe, I think I've got a current spell that's going it the opposite way, so I'm just not going to put anything okay. out. Into, you know, I, I believe in if you bring positivity out, it should come back to you, so I'm just not going to say anything about the game because it might go back the other way. I'm going to say victory. I think they're riding a yeah, wave Josh, at the moment. You, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody, okay? Okay, but, you know, I, I think they're... <laughs> you are a victory fan. They're, they're full of confidence. They are, they certainly are. And City have two important players out with red cards. I don't think victory beating Sydney in the grand final, mind. I don't think anyone Ooh. is. I think Sydney. Yeah, it's Sydney's Sydney. title to lose at this I, point. I think I said in TNC, 60-40, I think, is the split. If Whoever goes, I think Sydney's the favourite, 60-40. I think it might even be... I couldn't do the math quick enough, so that's why I said 60-40. I, I, think, I think they're odds on, to be honest. But in this game, I think victory can do it, uh, just just based on the, the vibe of the group and having Melina Ayres back to just pinch a goal out of nothing. Just Absolutely. as Alex Chidiak described her, the best finisher in the league. That's who you want in a finals game. Absolutely. All right, we're going to sign off here in Radio Dub. Any final thoughts before we go? No, I'm excited. I'm, I'm just pumped for this weekend. All right, so make sure you watch. There's only one game. You better watch it because it's going to be a, a cracker. Preliminary final, Melbourne Derby, 4 p.m. Sunday. Be there or be square. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Palacios. It's an absolute